Now this is going to be fun. Coming up on the Cocktail Guru Podcast, it's a special two-part season finale. Recorded live at the Tales of the Cocktail Conference in the Big Easy. Join us as we dig deep and dig delicious with some of the hospitality industry's most dynamic movers, shakers, and stirs. Join us for part one with guests Alega Ross, Dickie Brennan, Stuart Baxter, Shannon Mustafer, Matt Argenti, Jackie Summers, Anna Maines, and more. John, we're here again. <laughs> here it's we are our again. annual trek to New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail. This is amazing. We're in a really cool space this year called Holy Diver. Our good friend Nick Jarrett uh, has been gracious enough to lend us his bar for the next couple of days for our episodes. I must tell you, I didn't know what to expect when you said we were going to do this at Holy Diver. Well, we'll think and, about the name. What is it? Well, it makes me think of a dive bar. Well, yes, that, and, yeah. that's, and that's where we are. But it's a very exciting dive bar. It's not a typical dive bar. It's, no, it's not. It's, it's beautiful. We also, we also don't I'm have- I'm having a great time. We also have extra special guests, not your typical guests for our for, for podcasts. <laughs> These are like top-notch folks that we've invited on uh, for, for the podcast. That's right. The Tales of the Cocktail episodes are always of a much Very higher level than the normal. I and mean, we, we had a nice night last night. You know, we you, did. You, you cut we, some rug out there. We, on, some, we, no, were, we, we were dancing the night away, <laughs> yeah, as we often yeah. do. We here. had some, um, some uh, ice cream, some soft-serve, oh, boozy soft-serve ice cream. The Sazerac oh, yes, ice cream sundae that was, that was, was just fantastic. Um, and we had uh, some food, some some good food, pulled pork sandwiches. Anyway, we could go on and on, uh, but we have many guests, and we'd love to bring on our first guest right now for uh, this live recording of Ta uh, Tales of the Cocktail. We have Aleka Ross. Hello, sir. Hello, Aleka. <laughs> wow, there's a little audience out there. We have, we have a peanut gallery. A peanut gallery. This is amazing. Actually, we have you know a good like ten people out there. Welcome, Aleka. Thank Welcome. you for having me. It's Thanks a for pleasure. Having me. A pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Well, we're gonna have a great time because you have some incredible products from Hodling. Yes. Absolutely delicious. And I don't know if you realized, most people don't probably, that Hodling is a Dutch name. Yes. It is a Dutch name. And not only that, aside from the great product, well, these products had to come from somewhere, didn't they? So they come well, yes. from a very rich history, um, thanks to a guy named Anson Hodling, yes. who became, I think he was from New York originally, but became a gold mining prospector yeah. during the gold rush of 1848. He did. And he moved to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And he did, I guess, pan for gold at some point and then decided he was going to get a real job <laughs> and did get a job in a liquor store, which I think was also a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And that was in 1852. And two years later in 1854, he bought the store. He did. He didn't buy the farm. No. They bought the store. The well, store. let's let's move from the 19th century and get into well, the modern we're, we're age going, now because we're going Dad, to, we're it, going 20, to do that. It's 2023, and Hodling is really up with the trends. And Aleka is in, uh, in charge of the Cocktail Council. I, I am right. Can you tell us a little bit about the Cocktail Council? Absolutely. Yeah. So I am our cocktail culture manager. It is 
a new division that Hodeline has really taken serious because we're serious about innovation, about bartenders, because bartenders have made our brands. Um, so the Cocktail Council is comprised of five leading individuals across the U.S. that put our brands on a beautiful platform. Uh, one of them, Shannon Mustafer, um, Alex D uh, Jump. We also have Eric Tennyson, Erica Flowers, and then Glendon Hartley. So you can only imagine, love yes, A-list. Glendon is a we close love. cocktail yes. guest. Yes. We just had his Amazonia dinner last night mm. at the service bar pop-up. So I am yeah. so fortunate that they took a chance and said yes on um, being the inaugural class. And you have to tell us about the drinking trends and about the new products that Absolutely. you have. Some of which are new, many of which are not new, but are um, classics yes. and being beautifully promoted by Hodling and company. Yeah, so we are playing in the whole no and low ABV. Um, we definitely focus on our classics, like the Luxardo cherries that can go in everything. That, okay. <laughs> um, I was just going to put it next to your face so you can make a So what's nice about that is we have um, Luxardo put out some canned cocktails, the Bitter Bianco Spritz, the yeah. Aperitivo Spritz, as well as our Luxardo Sour Cherry Gin. Uh-huh. And then, as you know, we are always looking to chase the horizons with, you know, innovation when it comes to bourbon. And so we have our Hirsch, which is a beautiful lineup that we, you know, the history. I oh, he's, I'm, I'm feeding him <laughs> a cherry. Thank you. Oh my Now God. this is only for us. Since I'm this is my, yes, there you this go. This is my reward. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Mm, it's the cherry on top, spoon. you know? It is. Oh, that's. And so it goes perfect with Hirsch. Whether, of course. you know, it, rather it is the Horizon, which is going to be our little bit high-rye bourbon. Mm -hmm. We have a beautiful cognac in Hein. And so we took that Hein and made a cast with this. So this is going to be a cognac finish. Amazing. And we are working with Barnstown Bourbon, this company. Yeah. So Barnstown, as you know, they are pushing the envelope in innovation. Yeah. Take it a step further than MGP, where we're able to play with our mash bill, our water levels, our yeast. And so it really is a product that we oversee and is truly ours. And... No, go ahead. I understand. One thing you don't know about me is that I love Hein cognac yes. also because I, I know it very well. So that's going to be the one for you. Yeah. Well, they're be all before, for me. Before we start these, Aleka, I just want to quickly go over how did you get into the hospitality Oof. industry? I know it's a loaded question, oh, probably, right? but you know. <laughs> yeah, I started at the age of 15 as a hostess. Yeah, there's a restaurant group in Maryland called the Clyde's Restaurant Group. I know it well. Yes, yes. I used so to old work with them. Used did to work. You? Yes, I yes. did a lot of work with. Group. Yeah, so I was very fortunate and their training program was unparalleled. You know, that was back in the early 2000s where farm to table really wasn't hitting like the East Coast as much as it was in coastal California. Yeah. And they just took so much intention and so much pride in not just the food, but serving people and the hospitality of people. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. From there, I worked in a bunch of restaurants, um, anywhere from like white linen to bars that you just work on whatever you got. And then I was fortunate enough to work with Bacardi for um, a while, launched the Blue brand, went over to mm -hmm. Diageo, worked at a local distillery in DC, and then mm. I came to my home at Hodling. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what I love is that Hodling is really ahead of the curve when it comes to bringing folks on that have that hospitality background, I think. And it, you're a, 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 a prime example of that oh, because you. you have that hospitality background, but also your council as well. And I think um, other portfolios, other brands kind of should hop on that kind of bandwagon because 
especially after the last three years, that's oh, like what we need at, absolutely. Our, at our core. Absolutely. It's so true because at the end of the day, you know, you connect with people and I always say the brands are kind of there to really just tie it all together. Yeah. And the Cocktail Council, we have comprised some of the best in the industry and they're all just so different at what they do. You know, Shannon, I mean, she's Shannon, right? So and we're having her on next. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. The Tiki Queen, um, but a beautiful historian. Yeah. Eric Tennyson, he used to write um, for uh, Wine and Spirits magazine, Glendon Hartley, and we can name off the accolades that he gives. Mm -hmm. And then we have a rookie, Erica Flowers, out of New Orleans. And when I tell you the specialness that this woman encompasses, it is so beautiful. And then Alex Jump. You know, she is really leading that no and low space. And yeah. so we're really mm -hmm. able to kind of guide ourselves in each individual category of the spirits industry. Yeah. We, let's taste. Okay. Should we taste? Let's, yeah, let's I'm do it. tired of talking. I so. am too. You can just tell my voice. Oh, you have, you have <laughs> tails. What do they call it? Tails burnout voice. Or oh my gosh. Right? I know. You know, I love to sing a little bit Mariah. So, you know. Oh, wait, voice. I you mean it just in general or just at in general. parties? Just oh. in general. Yeah. Well, Mariah. Can we get a little? Um... They call the wind. I haven't warmed Mariah. up yet. Oh, you okay. know. Right. Yeah, we don't want to hurt it, your ears. Used to sing it all the time <laughs> at camp. We used, to sing. You used to sing Mariah Carey at camp. Oh no! They call they call the wind Mariah. Oh. That one. I don't know what they that. Call I don't... No thanks. Wind you're gonna cut the, you cut that out. <laughs> Mariah. Um, okay, so let's Mariah. let's. So I think I'm going to have you try this one. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because this not. one is the cash strength. You, you just give me whatever um, you want. So it is cash strength, but okay. keep in mind that it is finished with that beautiful high well, cognac barrel. Cash strength doesn't bother me. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> no. And these are all being made, like I said, with Barnstown Bourbon Company. But what I love is at the back of the bottle. We are all about transparency. So oh, yeah. you see the mash so bill. So it says liquid specifications, the cash strength, that finished in French oak cognac. The age, the mash bill. To the yeah. specificity, yeah. right? Wonderful. Yeah. I love it. And then for you, we have a oh, single okay. barrel. Yeah. We have the Hirsch, which is going to be a high rye bourbon. And then yeah. we have a Kentucky straight. Mm. Or you can do the cash straight. I'll, I'll try the high rye. Oh, yes. This is my favorite. Yeah. A beautiful Hirsch highball. It also goes well with um, cocktails. But as you have it, it's the best zipper. Okay. Mm. I mean, you know what? I'll have some horizon. Have, I'll chase the horizon with you as well. Whoa. Yeah, see? That's I've started marketing. without you. Okay. Yes. This is cash Cheers. Drink. Cheers. Cognac barrel. Okay. Fantastic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, delicious. Yeah, uh, that high rye content is perfect. Right? That spice, and then you Cuts can think of it. Cuts through that corn beautifully. You could think of it in, in the, some of the best classic whiskey cocktails. Uh, and there, as a there's a real richness here in the complexity in the in the middle of the mouth, and then in the finish exactly. as well. Too. Exactly, and Kevin Anselm, he oversees the whole entire production at Hirsch, yeah. guided by uh, Bruce Joseph of Old Portrayal. So we are very fortunate to have them on our team. Cool. I wish we could speak forever. Uh, um, me too. <laughs> but we'll see you around soon. Yes. And thank you so much for joining us as our first guest on oh, our live you. recording at Tales of the Cocktails. Thank you thank for having me. Cheers. Yes. Thank you, Aleka. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> what a great start to our uh, <laughs> live, to have, live recording episode. We're on a roll. Let's yeah. just, let's bring in our next guest. That's it's, what happens. We get on these rolls and it doesn't stop. Let the good times oh, okay. roll. Let's say le bon temps roulé. Shannon Mustafer, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Wonderful to be here. This is exciting, Shannon. I am thrilled to meet you in person because I have been roaming through bookstores for years, and Jonathan knows the story. One particular it was when your book first came out. Was it 2019? I believe it was. I was roaming through a Barnes and Noble near my home. 
and I saw this book that stood out called Tiki Modern Tropical Cocktails. And boy, did I get excited because as our clothes will attest, Jonathan and I are tiki guys. We are tiki people. Who would have guessed it? Uh, right. The hats right. might be a giveaway well, we as well. Have, yes, could be. Might be. Yeah. But we also go to every tiki restaurant that we can find around the United States. There aren't that many of them, but we go and we love them. So I got excited, so excited that I decided to give Jonathan a call on the spot. I said, Jonathan, do you know Shannon Mustafer, the author of this book? And he said, yeah, yeah, I know her. Well, yeah, that's great. And I immediately thought that you would be someone we would want to interview for our, at that time, fledgling podcast, <laughs> which is now in going into its third season. So thank you for being here, Shannon, and welcome. Well, thanks for having me. And I, I just have to say that I'm so amazed at the interest that continues to build around the book four years after publication. Sure. And so I'm glad that we're able to catch up and talk about that as well as other things related to Tiki, your journey, and mine as well. Fantastic. Well, we're riding the Tiki wave, aren't we? We are. And um, Shannon, can you give us a little rundown of your journey um, to where you are today? I know that's, we're asking everybody that. That's cool. It's a loaded question. But um, how did you, you know, get to where you are? Well, there's a couple ways to answer that question. But the short of it is... I started working in hospitality when I was in college. I took a barista job at a Starbucks in Providence, Rhode Island, where I was studying. At a Starbies. Is that what the kid that's what the kids call it these days, right? Starbies? I, I don't know. That's, know. that's what I've I, I don't know what the kids are doing. <laughs> but um it was a really cool experience because this was back in the days when the training manual was this thick. And guest service and customer service was like at the top of the list of how that company operated. In addition, they were one of the first coffee chains to bring in, and this is a little nerdy, so bear with me, um, the first edition of Lar Marzocco G2. So the innovation with that piece of equipment was that there were two boilers. One was dedicated to the group heads. In this case, we had two machines with four group heads yeah. and two boilers. And the whole idea was that steaming and pulling shots would remain efficient and consistent even on a heavy volume. Yeah. And it was heavy volume, right? So we were situated right off the campus of Brown University. Mm -hmm. And so you can only imagine what that line may have looked like at 7 a.m., right? We had to have nerves of steel. Yeah. You know, Boom, 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 was boom. That, was that on Hope Street? It was on Hope Street, yeah. yeah. I learned two things there. Yeah. One, customer service. The manager of that location was a wonderful leader and inspiration in that anything he asked us to do, be it from like cleaning the station to cleaning the restroom, he would do it as well, right? So no task was presented as like beneath anyone. Mm -hmm. And then wonderful, charming gentleman, and of course, great coffee. Now, I knew that I was bit when I could look at the coffee coming out of the portafilter and judging by the color and the rate of flow, what it was gonna taste like. So that was like my first clue that I was interested in beverage. Awesome. But you also were interested in uh, cooking as well, were you not? 
cuisine because of one important phase in your life. And it had to do with a movie, correct? Big, big night. night out. Yes. Or big night. Big night with right. Stanley big Tucci. Night. Right. Um, I had a, a friend that lived in Providence and his family owns a business called a sandwich hut. And they serve the blue collar workers, you know, meatball subs. Uncle Joe is like in his 90s and still making the sauce. And um, we used to hang out a lot. And Providence in general is a, a really slept on food town. Yeah. And a big part of that is during the 70s, the state of Rhode Island was very receptive to refugees from various war-torn regions, inclusive of West Africa, Southeast Asia, what have you. Yeah. And so while on paper, I was studying painting and art history, I was actually studying eating. I've had some of the best meals in my life there. So I started throwing dinner parties when I was 19. And mind you, like, I'm a kid, so I'm pouring yellowtail and, uh -huh. you know, making martinis with vermouth that's not chilled. I didn't know any better, right. but it was while I was in Providence that I learned that I liked serving people and cooking. And I did contemplate a career in a kitchen, but after moving to New York a little bit later, we can get into more detail and working as a server and observing how kitchens were run, I realized that it didn't look very appealing to say the least. And also I wanted to do something where I could create something and serve it to the guests and interact with them as well, hence bartending. But Big Night was a life-changing experience. It was. It was, it yes. was. yeah. And so I want to talk about what you have going on now because this is extremely exciting. We of course know and love Cocktail Kingdom and all of their products and they are huge innovators, but you have your own line of tikiware from Cocktail Kingdom, is that right? Yes, and I think this rocks, okay, it's because- beautiful. Dude, it beautiful. is, look at it, I mean, well, I love it. It is so amazing, I love it. <laughs> well, speaking of inspirations, like I'm a, a big music fan and I'm not like heavy into metal, but this definitely gives me a metal vibe and I'm like, yeah, let's absolutely. rock. And yeah. I'm seeing a little trend in the tiki world towards incorporating metal and things of that nature into the vibe and the aesthetic. So I think that this design definitely kind of hits that zeitgeist, not to mention it's just super fun. It's so fun. Um, and then you also have these stencils mm. that right. dad didn't know what they were for. So right. I had to we saw them. We saw them yesterday at Cocktail Kingdom here in New Orleans. Yeah, so the stencils are a great way to add a little personality to a sour. You mm -hmm. can use an atomizer with bitters on top of a drink that has a good foam or head on it. You can use grated nutmeg or cinnamon, which are ubiquitous throughout the tiki genre. And there are three options. You know, maybe we'll see some more in the future, but it's just a fun way to add a little more personality to a drink. Oh, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. I want one. I want, I want a drink with that stencil. Well, we're going to get to, I think we're going to get to hang on to those and I'll make you one day. Okay, thank um, you, John. Maybe later. Now also, Shannon, you're, uh, we, we have so much, I mean, we could talk about that forever, Cocktail Kingdom material, but you also uh, are involved in various organizations, one of which is Women Leading Rum. 
Correct. So Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the whole idea was to highlight the achievements of women working in the rum industry in various roles, you know, be you a distiller, a brand ambassador, an educator, or a bartender making innovative serves. So that is organized by the Rum Lab, which also organizes Taste of Puerto Rico, as well as numerous rum festivals across the country. They have at least five of those in the U.S. every year. Um, I met the founder, Federico, maybe six years ago, when he was looking to launch the first Rum Lab event or Rum Festival in New York. And uh, I assisted him in setting up some activations and happy hours to introduce us to the trade. And he remains a a good friend to this day. Wonderful. Well, Shannon Mustafer, it is a pleasure. I I wish we had more time to chat and hopefully we can maybe do a a full episode with you because I think you are amazing and you're a huge innovator in our industry, hospitality, rum, tiki, just all of it. Oh, no, so we, we really, we really appreciate you coming in here and being able to chat with us. We have to do another episode, a whole episode with Shannon, because we have many more things to talk about, like women who tiki. Well, as I like to say, girls just want to have rum. So Whoa. next time you have us on, we'll talk more about I that. And that's okay. a fun project as well. It's been going on for four years and, you know, shows no sign of like letting up yeah. in, in regards to interest. And I get to work with wonderful individuals such as Marie King, formerly of Tonga, now with Donna Beachcomber, yeah. Leanne Fev, who runs a program Leanne, at Leanda and the Clover yeah, Club, yeah. and a lot of good people. Awesome. Good vibes. Well, thank you, Shannon. Right on. Hope you have a great tale. Thank you. That's the plan. Good to be here. This has been so nice, Dad. Yes, it has. It's been nice. Spending time I've, with I've you. I've cooled off again. a little bit because, you know, it, it was I was very sweaty. I felt like I was melting. Um, I don't know yep. if you could tell. Uh, no, no, I could, you hide it well. I couldn't <laughs> okay. tell. Okay, all right. So we have we just are continuing to have guests on, and we're going to be making some cocktails. We have a lovely uh, special guest cocktail tender. Did you say cocktails? <laughs> it's yes, about time. But but before we make the cocktail, let's bring on our friend here. You mean Mr. Stuart Baxter? Mr. Stuart Baxter, Who's welcome. Made, based in, Absolute pleasure to be based here. Based in Glasgow. I am Glasgow, well pronounced yes. as well. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I wouldn't pronounce it any other way. Okay. And Stuart, you're with IBHL. Yes. Um, International Beverage. Thank International you. Beverage. And how is, uh, what is your journey uh, from, you know, where you started to where you are now? Uh, drinking. Um, oh, a journey through drinking. <laughs> typically Scottish. Uh, so no, was, I've worked in hospitality for quite a long time. So I started kind of cleaning pots in the back when I was about 14, 15 years old in kitchens. And then you kind of work your way up from there. But pulling pints, running bars, and uh, fell madly in love with the whole concept of food and drink as a culture. Right. And among the institutions where you have worked, is there is a great favorite of mine mm-hmm. called Glen Eagles Resort. Yeah, Glen Eagles it's was fantastic. Uh, it was very much place. a turning point for me. Um, so I worked at Glen Eagles for just a couple of months. It was like two, three months as a commissaire and very much fell in love with the whole concept of wine and flavor and how it runs. But there was a whiskey shop inside Glen Eagles uh, Hotel. And once I started learning a little, little touch about that, that was just projected. I forward. must say, you have an impeccable French accent. Merci, c'est très gentil. Oui, il parle français. Il parle français comme nous. You could put the subtitles down. (laughs) We're doing the rest of the podcast in French. Um, Alors, alors, allons-y. But um, from Glen Eagles, it was a case of kind of 
reading more, understanding it more, really delving into that because traveling and traveling with food and traveling with drink and with people is the best way to kind of absorb that level of, of, of essence. And uh, as soon as I found out about that, I started learning more and I applied for a brand ambassador program with uh, Shivas Brothers. So they sent me to India. So I was there for two years, yeah. uh, did 27 cities in 24 months, which was uh, very intense. But did you have any way. kind of life during no, that? No, no, a couple of days off, but it was not, yeah. it was worth it. But eating and drinking while we were in there. And then um, from there, I was offered a job with a small independent bottler called Douglas Lane. And where I really scratched and you know, but sharpened my teeth. You know, that was understanding blending, cast selection, all of these different facets of, of Scotch whiskey. And then um, from there, uh, now working with International Beverage, we've got five distilleries, got to go around and learn from everyone there. You know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And uh, it's very much being part <laughs> like of that, that. I like that. That wider space yeah. of learning constantly and, and developing. So now I'm handling the full spirits portfolio. So. Global Spirits Ambassador is my role, so we cover Thai rums and Scottish gins, but obviously very weighted towards Scotch whiskey, which is more my specific speciality. Yeah, like, and, and uh, gin as well, yes, Karun. Karun gin made out of Balmenic Distillery. That's one of my favorite brands. Dude, I'm really glad, yes. Yeah. Uh, very unique method with the Copper Berry Chamber from America, Prohibition. Mm -hmm. uh, it's only working one in the world, so it's, it's special. Another thing that Stuart doesn't know about me, because we were <laughs> talking before we Do I know cameras this about were you? rolling. <laughs> you probably don't. But uh, we, we mentioned we mentioned our, our friend a little while ago named Sinjin, great bar owner, restaurant mm -hmm. owner. Yes. Well, he and I happened to be paired. Well, we decided to pair with each other uh, in a canoe paddling down the Spey River. There we go. I was wondering and why wow. we were there. Why were we there? Because we were visiting Speyburn. Yeah. That's yeah. why we're there. That's right. There is always a connection. It's, uh, it's a very special one. We've actually just opened our doors the first time ever. So it was our 125th anniversary at the Spirit of Speyside oh, Festival. Thank so, you for the invitation. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you're welcome. We got really lost, really I'm sure, in the, in the post. Yeah. But, I would love to go uh, canoeing down the Spey River. It's, it's a nice it's a nice space. But yeah, opening our doors for the first time publicly, 1st of August, but the first time we took people in in 125 yeah. years was just this year's uh, Spirit of Speyside. And um, Old Pulteney, can you tell us a little bit about Old Pulteney? Yes. Because that's one of the brands. Yes. Uh, so Old Pulteney is uh, quite special for me. It's one of those ones where with wine, we talk about terroir, um, but we can't really talk about that with spirits within reason because yeah. we distill the hell out of it and kill anything uh, that's really again there that's going to come from the raw materials within a reason. So we're actually, we have quite a fruity new make spirit when we distill it. So when people go up to the distillery, which is the northeast of Scotland, it's as far north as you can basically yeah, it is. get it's beautiful. on the mainland. It's, it's stunning. Very remote. Um, but we, we have a very fruity new make spirit, but we don't get our character completely or realistically from the spirit. We get it from the maturation because all of the liquid inside Old Pulteney bottles is aged at the distillery in Dunwich Warehousing. Um, so we're breathing in that maritime sea air and it's giving you that kind of brininess, and, saltiness. And along it is with. the northernmost mainland distillery. It was. It was. It was. was so Wolfburn took over, and oh, then a husband. Darn those people! I know they're very good whiskey. <laughs> and then a husband and wife team have just started distilling at John O'Groats, um, called Eight Doors Distillers. Um, okay. I've not tasted any of the spirit yet because they literally just did their first run. Oh, I think just we've got months. some samples. Oh, oh look at this! Thank you very Thank much. You Thank you, Star. Thank you, Star. Thank you, Star. Cheers. 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 Mm. Oh yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's, you get the salt air effect. Um, yeah, and, and it's funny, younger Walt Pulteney's, because the maturation's not as strong as, say, a 25-year-old, right. you see that immediately. Yeah. And um, Whereas older Pulteney's, the maturation kind of combines and you get yeah. more salted caramel. 
than just that coastal flavor profile. It's like when we took a swim in our hotel pool and it is a salt water full of salt. Salt water pool. It's always a horrible surprise when I you said, do that. I said, Dad, this is a salt water pool. And then he tasted some of the pool yeah. water and he said, it is salt water. But this definitely has a taste of the sea. I love it. And I've been to Wick. Not only that, another little factoid Jonathan doesn't know, I've been on Old Pulteney. Very Old Pulteney is a ship. The ship, yes. And I had lunch and a great tasting on Old Pulteney. That's and fantastic. Speaking of um, ships and maritime, there's a signature cocktail made with Old Pulteney. There is, there is. Um, so we make a Old Pulteney or maritime margarita. Maritime um, margarita. I, I just as a disclaimer, if you're ever having margaritas, do make it with tequila. But as, a, <laughs> as an alternative, no. Uh, <laughs> as an alternative, it's, uh, it's something a bit different. Well, we're very lucky to have Star. Hey, Star, say Star. hey. Hello, Hi, Star. Nice to see you all. Welcome. Can, can you tell us a quick something about you and like what you do here in New Orleans? Um, so I'm a veteran, New Orleanian. Um, been in the industry for 20 years. Actually, today's my 20th wedding anniversary as well. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, Gail's always eclipses my husband and I's anniversary, oh, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so I am now managing partner at Cafe Amelie in the French Quarter, so you're all welcome to come so visit. And I have my own cocktail company called Starcraft Nola that I've had for the last 15 years. I do lots of events and um, love to have guests. Amazing. And you're going to make the maritime margarita for I us. I am. All right. Well, we're we... honored to have you behind the stick today. It's good to be here. Stuff. I don't get to do this very often anymore. <laughs> so I got to taste this and it was really wonderful. So I'm going to use two ounces in order to make sure that we have a full flavor here. And Star, where's that uh, jigger from? Cocktail Kingdom. Yes, it is. Nice. It's the Leopold jigger. <laughs> One of my favorites. We are using the Luxardo. Oh, the triple arm, yeah, 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 of course. Triple, I'm gonna use one ounce. Amazing. And then some fresh squeezed lime juice. Fresh lime. Ooh. Always squeeze your own citrus. Always, yeah. right? Always. Yes, of course. Makes a huge difference. All right. Wow. Three quarters. Nice little shake. My mouth is <laughs> Amazing. Always pre-chill. Always. Yes. Yeah. You're up strengths, babies. And we have a lovely coupe glass from Libby Glassware, our glassware gorgeous, sponsors gorgeous for the Cocktail Guru podcast. My little strainer here is also from Cocktail Kingdom. Aha. Uh -huh. There we go. Mm. And then some fresh lime. Oh. And a cocktail pick also from Cocktail Kingdom. <laughs> I'm going to come and take the drink. <laughs> Salud. 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 All right. I'll, I'll, Dad and I will share. Dad you and I will share. Okay. Yep. Stuart doesn't need these. Had them. I, I I drink these on a regular. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's lovely. Um, oh, that's, I love. That's really good. I love that kind of kick of um, salty bitterness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a bit different. There. Very nice. Hmm. Yum, yeah. yum, yum. But I need more than a sip. <laughs> okay, sorry. watch out. The liquid, I don't want the liquid to go onto your It's 9 o'clock in the morning. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't even know where I am or what time it is. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Well. Delicious. So good, right? It's oh, a right. maritime. That's what time it is. It's, it's, oh, it's maritime. It's maritime. And on that great note, job. 
Great Stuart, uh, it's great to see you. Absolute Thank you pleasure. so much for sharing your. Thank you, um, Thank you for your time and your, your great sharing your talent and everything. Your talent. Thank you so much. And been your a pleasure. Story. And we'll see you at the uh, distillery. You know the invitation. Um, yeah, I'll we'll make see, sure that gets to you this, this time. We consider this an official. Uh, yes, you are invited. Will, will it's you on be, record. Will everything. You be my yes. crewmate in Perfect. a canoe. <laughs> I, would, I, would I do not want to go. I, I would not want to be in a canoe with you, Dad. <laughs> well, well, guess what? I, you have to record this. We need you a train. I'll, I'll bring the whiskey. No, I'm going to train professional. Wait a second. Sinjin and I were the only ones, and I swear this is true. Spay can be very rough as can rivers be, yeah. go. We were the only ones that didn't capsize. capsize. We were oh, really? the only ones that didn't capsize. Yeah, there were like six or oh, seven goodness. different. We were the only ones that didn't. Ultimate we made it through all the way. So you do want to be in a canoe. All right. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Star. You can taste this amazing. Yes, yeah, we have, and the products just keep coming. How are you feeling? The beauties just keep coming. Feeling well? We we sip. We, oh yes. We, we sip do, very daintily. We don't really <laughs> guzzle. So that's what. And we're drinking Tasting lots of, is all about drinking lots of water, drinking plenty of water here yeah. in the intense heat, which isn't so bad this year of New Orleans. It's not like Phoenix where we're going next. Oh, That's right. We are going to I'm Phoenix not looking forward to that. Um, but Tales of the Cocktail is a great festival, a great organization and allows us to really sample interesting products and have amazing people that we get to run into. And we did a lot of networking last night. Oh, we certainly saw, saw did. hundreds of we people that we did. knew they and, all, you know, gave you, some high fives. You know, everybody. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm meeting these people. Thanks to you. I'm well, I'm loving every minute of it. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to do that for you. And it's a, thank you. <laughs> and it's a great education, I must say. And our next guest is Mr. Matt Argenti. And he is with a brand that I know and love because I was kind of involved with them uh, when they were first starting to launch in the United States. Scapegrace Distilling Company. Yes. And not only that, Matt is a Jersey boy. I am, yes. I'm actually uh, born and raised. I grew up uh, right outside of Princeton and now live in Jersey City, New Jersey. Well, yeah, well, as you know, we're, uh, my dad is in West Orange, New Jersey. That's where I grew up. Jersey boys. Uh, born in Newark. Oh, yeah. we're, doing oh. The fist, we're doing the fist bump. Oh, okay. we got to do it. It's the raised, Jersey bump. Raised in Maplewood. The yeah. Jersey wow. bump. Wow, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. amazing. And living in West Orange. So we're, <laughs> we're neighbors. And um, so as the brand director for Escape Grace Distilling, what are some of the things that you end up doing throughout the year or throughout any given moment? So uh, one of the big things that we're actually really uh, involved with is uh, education. So one of my things that I always kind of love to do is uh, teaching people on, on how gin is made and how much it's evolved over, over the years. So when it came into uh, Escape Grace, a lot of people come in like, oh, I don't like gin, I don't even want to try it. Um, but when they, I get to sit down with them and get to uh, educate them, they actually kind of uh, had their minds blown on how actually gin is made. So, yeah, when when I used to work in bars and people would come up to me when I would say, you know, can I get uh, one of my favorite drinks is this particular gin cocktail or something. They'd say, oh, no, 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 I need to stay away from gin. I'll then follow up and I'll say, well, do you like flavored vodka? <laughs> And, and then they'll say, well, yes, of course I do. Yeah. Do you like juniper? Uh, you know, this is a great juniper flavored vodka that, that I have behind my bar. Let's give it a try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, so I always kind of, uh, when I do my education, I always kind of start off like, where are my gin fans? And back then it was like, it was crickets. It was nobody. Yeah. And I'm like, well, where are my vodka fans? And then I get more people putting their hands up. And I'm always kind of, in a nutshell, gin is 
made out of vodka in a sense. It starts off as a neutral grain spirit, and then you take botanicals, you steep them for about 24 hours or so, and then what you're left off is a, a really naturally flavored gin. Yes, and you have an array of botanicals yes. in Scape Grace. What are, yes, what are the botanicals in Scape Grace? So, uh, so the way actually how we start everything, so uh, we actually source our grain from Australia. So mm -hmm. uh, we actually get that from Norwa, and then we kind of bring that back to life with glacial water from the Southern Alps. It's actually the second oh. purest water source in the world. Wow. So we source 12 botanicals, um, especially for our Scape Grace Classic. Now, a lot of botanicals that you would probably find in your commonly made gins, like juniper, lemon peels, orange peels, angelica, or root. Um, but as we're coming into this kind of craft spirit world, what we're doing is doing a modern take where we kind of pull back ever so slightly on that juniper. It's still there, still a prominent note, but we want to showcase the other botanicals within the gin. Yeah. So for our classic, we do our top notes would be lemon peels and orange peels that we source from Spain. Mm. Um, and then we add one additional one for our scape race gold, which is dry tangerine. Oh, so right. it's a more citrus it's oriented. A more it's more citrus oriented. Yeah. New Western in the background. And so, You've got these three bottlings, three expression, expressions of Scape Grace Gin. Um, can you tell me, tell us briefly about each one of these? Sure. Uh, as I mentioned with our classic, it is a 42 ABV and 84 proof. Uh, again, top notes of lemon peels and orange peels. Um, that one came out in 2014. And if I'm going to be a little bit more specific, February 14th, 2014 is when we Valentine's launched the brand. Valentine's Day. Yes, there's actually a lot of love and pride behind the brand. Wow. And um, when you actually look at the bottle, we get a lot of compliments on it. And we modeled it after classic Geneva bottles. Yes. So it's like our nod to the past as we're moving into the craft spirit world. I can see that. Um, yeah. Then in 2016, we launched our Scape Grace Gold. Uh, we do the same process with classic, but this one is a navy strength. So it's a 57 ah. ABV, 114 proof, um, and we use one additional botanical, which is dry tangerine. I think this and is that, what we're gonna we're gonna taste right now. Yes. Uh, fun fact with this one: in 2018, uh, this one was voted the best London dry in the world. Mm. Uh, it's an amazing huh. accomplishment. So we've got that at the International Wine and Spirits Competition in London. We beat out 600 gins from 90 different countries. Um, and I always kind of make the light joke of, it's like Jamaica having the first bobsled team because New Zealand is the last country that you'd probably think of to join the gin crusade. And after four short years after the brand launch to win that award is something that we're yeah. super proud of. It goes on top of the mm. trophy cabinet. So yeah. This is beautifully balanced between it's citrus nice. and juniper. The, the tangerine yeah, is definitely at the forefront yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, so it's a navy strength, yeah. 57 APV, 114 proof, yeah. but it's still very well balanced. Yeah. So, and I, what I love most about gold per se is, um, is one with Daniel and Mark, the brand owners, they're very connected to the recipe. And then the other part, they're also understanding what the trade is looking for. So Scape Grace Gold is actually one of the best ones. So this scape grace gold. The gold is beautiful. Really, really good. Um, beautifully delicious. balanced. Thank you, gentlemen. And I really appreciate that. Can you tell us quickly about the black? Yeah, absolutely. So um, after we won the uh, Best London Dry uh, Award, we the pressure was on. What are you going to come out with next? And I always kind of yeah. compare it to any type of music artist out there who, you know, you put out your first album. Okay, you it became big, but then 
it's your second album. Your second album is really what's going to really solidify you, correct? Well, same here in our liquor industry. So, um, so staying true to the scapegrace name, which means rogue independence and kind of carving out your own path and not yep. following trends. Uh, we were able to create the world's first all natural black gin. And the way that we do that is that we blend five botanicals that all have a, a specific color and flavor. So we use aronia berries, which are red, butterfly pea flower blue, mm. uh, sweet potato that we, mm get locally from New Zealand. Now New Zealand sweet yes. potato. Sweet. Yes, well, it produces a nice purple color. Um, and then we use saffron, which is orange, and yes. pineapple, which is yellow, oh, yeah. that we source from Australia. We blend those colors together, and that's how we create a black hue color. That word hue is kind of important because you can still very much see right through it. And yeah. frankly, if it was jet black, that would make me nervous. What's in that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but uh, we created something really unique, and then on the palate, you're gonna get some really nice earthy tropical notes. Yeah. So with the last couple minutes that we have, we want to uh, shoot it over to Star, who's going to make the black and tonic for us. Yeah. So we're going to use one and a half ounces of this beautiful black scapegrace. In a beautiful Libby highball glass. Gorgeous yes. highball glass. That's beautiful. Glass. Yes, it's nice and it's like tapered at the top. And we'll use some East Imperial tonic. Yes. Are you guys familiar with East Imperial? Yes. Yes, this is a beautiful premium New Zealand brand. So us mm. partnering up with them is actually fantastic. All right. I am not familiar. Yeah. They're actually also the official mixer sponsor here for Tails. That's right, they are. And yeah. um, are, is Scapegrace doing anything during Tales this year besides our podcast? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we actually did. Um, so we're imported uh, through Sazerac, the 375 yeah. Park Ave Spirits. So we did um, uh, an activation at the Sazerac house on Monday. Um, it was a completely packed day. And it was a, a time where it was like, as one group was leaving, another group was walking right in. So we didn't even have a time for a break. What a beautiful place the Sazerac has. Yes, Jonathan and absolutely. I were there last Stunning. year when it first opened. Yeah, it's a great place. I love it. Yeah, I do too. It's All like right. our new home. Here we go. Very good. All Very right. nice. Dad? Yes. We're just going to do that. Okay. I can't, I, this is Here. delicious. Just I, I tasted your mouth this on, on, the on the straw. I will. I will. Oh. <laughs> Nothing like together. Lovely. Oh. That was great. That's delicious. Delicious, yeah. Matt. But it's also delicious on its own. It it's is. beautiful. Yes. Yes. That's one of the most unusual gins I've ever had. Yes, it's Just very flavorful. Delicious. Thank you, fellow Jersey boy. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, for me, you, this Matt. is a true honor. So thank oh, you. I really appreciate being here. It's our honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have this product that we poured into our glasses. And it's know. just jumping out at us. And Mr. Jackie Summers, oh my gosh, thank you so much it's for so sitting down. It's so good to see you both. Sitting down at our Jackie, table. It's great to see you. Absolutely. It's an honor to see you. Jack Jackie from Brooklyn. Jack from Brooklyn. So we've, um, Jackie, we've worked together for the for many, many years. Like a decade through, now. That's about a decade, yeah, doing um, brand work, USBG stuff. Um, and we did a seminar at BCB together yes. last year. Uh, and now you've relaunched yes. your beautiful product that you've created from scratch based on um, recipes that you grew up with and your background. Um, Sorel, oh my gosh. Yes, the background is Barbados, West Africa, Yeah, correct? This, the product has centuries, if not thousands of years of history, but no one ever put it into a bottle before. I'm the first. And, and it's known, I think, in the Caribbean as the red drink. So 
almost the entire Afro-Caribbean diaspora has this epigenetic memory of something, something they refer to as the red drink. If you went back thousands of years, Africans were using hibiscus flowers for medicinal purposes. Full of antioxidants, full of antimicrobials, it's a natural antifungal, it's a natural anti-inflammatory, it's an aphrodisiac. Hey, hey, Dad, don't look at me that way. <laughs> and this was part of ceremony and tradition. So it's been around for a long, long time and just evolved over the course of the years as it went from place to place. And this flower moved from across the tropical band of the, of the, of the equator. So hibiscus would be considered the prime hibiscus, botanical. Hibiscus is the prime botanical, but everyone who works with hibiscus knows it is a diva. Yes. Hibiscus yeah. wants to beat you over the head with citrus. So most homemade versions of this just are too sweet. Mm. People are compensating for the acidity of hibiscus with sugar. My version uses Moroccan hibiscus, mm. Nigerian ginger, Indonesian cinnamon and nutmeg, mm. and Brazilian clove. And those five botanicals together... Instead of the hibiscus to mean this one note, mm -hmm. it's part of a chorus and gets to play well with others. Wow, it's really a, a melange, a, a melting pot of yes. world it's, ingredients. It's international. It's yeah. international. Yes. And we're happy that something comes from Morocco, the hibiscus from Morocco. Right. Because Jonathan's mother is from Morocco. That's correct. So. Cheers. Let's, cheers to me didn't sip. And, and it's it a little sip. It's I've been sipping. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's not as sweet. It, it it is considered, I guess, a liqueur. It would be a liqueur, but it's not as sweet as I. It expected. doesn't have a cloying finish. It's, it's a it's a dry finish. It's beautifully balanced. Okay, so it lets like, all the other botanic, yeah. the cloves, the ginger, the nutmeg, come through. Most liqueurs have something added called glycerin, which is a thickening right. agent. Mm -hmm. It's right. what gives it that thick, syrupy feel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We don't do that. I, I should I should have asked before. Is cussing allowed? Yes. yes. We don't do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Hibiscus, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, clove, uh, reverse osmosis, water, sugar, that's it. No additives, no preservatives, no colorants, no flavorants, just botanicals, alcohol, sugar, water. Now, why reverse osmosis water? The water has so much to do with what goes into the product. One of the things people forget is a product that is 15% alcohol is 85% water. The water, we want to remove all of the trace elements so that the botanicals get to shine. Okay, great. And can you tell us a little bit about the journey of Sorel? Because uh, back when you first birthed it, um, then you stopped making it for a little while, and then you kind of had a rebirth. That was in 2012. Yes. In Brooklyn. So the super short version is, in 2010, I had a cancer scare. My doctor found a tumor inside my spine, size of a golf ball. Wow. He said you have a 95% chance of death. Seriously? And a 50% chance of paralysis if you live. You should organize your paperwork. Well, Short version is I lived, but the experience will adjust your perspective. I was given the gift of being able to look at my priorities in life. And I decided to leave 25 years of corporate America to pursue my dream of day drinking professionally. I was making this in my kitchen for friends and family for almost 20 years. I wondered why no one had ever made a shelf-stable version. At this point, I should say that I'm not a food scientist. 623 failures in my kitchen wow. to come up with the first ever shelf-stable version of this product. 
In the process, I became America's first legal licensed black distiller. Right. Uh, and for a while, things were terrific. We've been expanded to 20 states. Yeah. We, had, we were in Canada. We were in Australia. Uh, and then I had a multi-million dollar deal to take the brand national fall through. And then I had a second deal, again, worth millions of dollars to take the brand national fall through again in 2015 and 16. Uh, so took the brand off the market, was homeless for a little while. Wow. But the entire time I was homeless, I was actually meeting with some of the biggest names in the business and having these meetings. And everyone had the same thing to say. This is a great brand, great sales history. The branding is fantastic. Good luck with that, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Don't call us. We'll call and, you. And um, a few, oh. several years went by. And so then... I, I really have tried to invest deeply in community. Community yeah. is everything oh, to yeah. us. So when the brand was off the market, I wrote and I spoke and I educated and tried to make sure that I could help make my industry into a better place. Yeah. And then in 2020, George Floyd was murdered. And everybody was home because of COVID. And we yeah. had an international... Black Lives Matter movement, at which point a friend of mine named Jeff Gordner, who used to be the best friend critic for Esquire, reached into me and he said, Jack, do people know that you're the first black distillers of prohibition? I said, Jeff, nobody cares. And he said, well, you know, black lives matter. Let's see if we can get some conversation about Uh this. Jeff arranged for an Esquire, an article written about me in Esquire magazine. that was renewed investor interest and Fawn Weaver picked up the ball and ran with it. So, so she, so Fawn, she read about it or she heard about it through? So I was in the middle of a conversation with an investment group trying to finalize our details. Yeah. And they tried to change part of our stated contractual language. Mm. So mm. I did this thing that I'm not good at. And I reached out to Fawn, who I knew from the speaking circuit. Oh, and okay. I asked for guidance. Mm. I said, Fawn, I've hit a stumbling block with my investors. Can you offer any, any insight? The next day we had a guarantee of funding. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. So she was an, an angel of sorts. Yeah. Fawn comes yeah. through. Yeah. And of course, Fawn, um, her brand is Uncle Nearest. Yes. Uh, based off of, uh, or named after Nearest Green, who taught Jack Daniels everything he knows about distilling. Yes. That's an amazing story in and of itself. <laughs> There's a great synergy between our brands. Yeah, really. Um, well, that's great. I, I, let's Should we make a cocktail with Sorrel? We absolutely wow. should make a cocktail. Okay. Uh, why, to, why would you ask such a Sorry, geez. To, to be clear, you can drink this neat. Yes. You can drink it hot clearly. or cold. Well, well, clearly. You drank Empty yours. glass, yes. But Delicious. in cocktails, Sorrel does one thing really well, and that's mask ethanol. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Gin, vodka, rum, mezcal, tequila, scotch, bourbon, rye, oh, yeah. whiskey, yeah, yeah, yeah. sake. No matter what you put it with, it does one thing. And that's push flavor forward and alcohol back. Right. Let's turn it over to Star back there behind the bar. Hello. Hello again, Star. So for this drink, um, I'm not going to use any bitters because the sorrel has its own mm. spice to it. The cinnamon and the clove come forward really mm. well. It's also a great sweetener, so no sugar needed. Um, but it's very balanced. So I am going to work with a split base of tequila and mezcal. Ooh. Mm. I Ooh. do not want the smoke from the mezcal to overpower those subtle flavors. Mm, and that's a beautiful wow. uh, etched Libby glass that you have. It right? is oh, one of my favorites. It's a gorgeous glass. It is. Yeah, Libby. I have the matching mixing glass. Libby's making beautiful glasses. They, they are. For, 
for uh, consumers and for professionals, Libby Pro. Yeah. So. Gonna need the Sorrel. Oh. Well, by Gotta all share. means. If you insist. <laughs> the, the Sorrel. Bot that bottle's, bottle's beautiful too. Wow. Stands I out. Stands I out actually designed that bottle myself and I designed it with bartenders in mind. Yeah. Yeah. You can grip it. I know so many bartenders yeah. who. Yeah. That's what? true. You're right. Carpal tunnel from oh. years of pouring bottles that yeah. weren't balanced. Yes, 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 yes. This will feel balanced no matter where you pick it up from. Mm. It'll fit on the well. It'll fit in the well, fit on the back bar. Mm -hmm. It's elegant. You can see the logo from across the room. But mostly it's designed so that bartenders don't develop fatigue from pouring. Yeah. And it's it's, the label is beautiful, too. Thank right. you. This is also going to replace the cherry and a typical old-fashioned. Oh, yes. It's a nice cherry color. Yeah. yeah. And instead of an orange peel, I'm going to use a fresh lime peel because I feel like lime and hibiscus oh, and yeah. agave yeah. spirits pair perfectly together. That would be my choice as well. Yes. Salad. Thank you. Oh, I bet I've this got, is going to be delicious. Here's a sweet. Oh, smelling. yeah. We're smelling. That, yeah. Oh, that smells gosh. like yeah. you are somewhere tropical. Yes. Yeah, it's the, it's the bright citrus. and sunny that's, out. There's that's a beautiful lime star. Beautiful lime you have Thank there. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, oh and now the botanicals are Yeah. Star, those ingredients go really well together. The ice. The botanicals, wow. everything's coming out of the glass. Yes. And if you don't mind, I will taste. Please. Mm. Um, I'm getting the hibiscus. Oh, yeah. I guess I get a fair amount of spice in there. Wow. I, like, um, well, there's nutmeg. Hot, like there's hot pepper spice. Ginger, there's like hot pepper spice in there. There are all of these nooks and crannies that exist in yeah. cocktails where you think flavors should be. Right. And Sorel fills in those spaces. Well, you know, I use cloves every morning. I, I make a particular type of cereal, oat brand cereal, and I put cloves in it, oh. and that gives gives it a spicy. Yeah. Cloves yes. can give it a spicy character. Yes. Well, with the last minute, with the last minute or so that we have, um, quickly, what are you doing here at Tales, and then what do you have coming up next? We just finished a seminar with Dr. Hobie Redler called "The True Revision," and it is the culmination of a series of seminars I've given at Tales over the last five years. It talks about what it's really like to have a table that is diverse. We are black, we are white, we are Asian, we are Latin, we are straight, we are queer, we are Gen X, we are Gen Y, we're Christian, we're Muslim, we are Sikh, we are Taoist, mm -hmm. uh, we're able, we're disabled. It's a great example of what really happens when you pull people from different backgrounds together yeah. and instead of tolerating them, lean into their differences. So just finish that seminar. And then we have events at our, uh, we're at, at Sweet Olive uh, Bed and Breakfast. We've got events for the next three days, every cool. single day. So very excited to be here and great always to spend time with you both. Yes, same exactly. here. Thank you. It's such always, an honor always great. to How was the cocktail? It's it beautiful. Delicious. Here, you wanna... Absolutely oh. delicious. Yeah, we'll try um, we're, we're just, we're all family. We're sharing. Yeah. Mm. So um, Jackie Summers, thank you so very much for joining us. We love it. Well, we're glad to see we have a legend in the New Orleans well, uh, culinary scene. We do. Back we just, with us again. We just keep rolling along. And for the second he's looking year, around, he's looking around. He's like, second who? Second year who? in a row. Yes, the legend is it's this old man people. who I have. Old, it's old I, people. It's you two. Yeah. The old people, right? And I'm, okay. I'm not. It's yeah. Dickie Brennan, who I have revered for many years because I've been, I've been coming to New Orleans for like yeah, 50 long time. years. 
Long he's time. not that old, but I've been coming yeah. to New Orleans and for, for some years. for some reason he, he wanted to come on our podcast last year and he wanted to come again. I mean, we asked him to. Yes. But, I mean, we forced him to, basically. But this year, we're going to talk about much more <laughs> than what we did before, because I want to start off by um, mentioning that Dickey is the founder of Dickey, Brennan & Company, which is this incredible portfolio of fine restaurant establishments, including Palace Cafe, Dickey, Brennan Steakhouse, Bourbon House Tableau, Acorn Cafe, The Commissary Kitchen, Pascal's Manali. So that's that's, our, that's our our newest our newest baby that's a hundred ten years old. So Pascal's Manali, yeah, yeah, it's wow, what an institute here in town. So wow. we're, yeah, I certainly know of it. I don't young. think I have been there, but ah, I know come of on, it, it's so. uptown, you know, great yeah. oyster bar and good Sicilian, which we call Ooh. real Italian. Oh yeah, that's right. when all the Sicilians right. came to New Orleans. Right. So we have these wonderful. Uh, Great Creole Italian restaurants all around the city. Yeah, so. the, the food at all of these it's, restaurants is incredible. Well, thank and you. that comes from your background as a commie chef, an assistant chef, <laughs> and then a chef working at your father's restaurant, which was at the time Commander's Palace. Yeah. And when you Palace. were around 14 years old or so, you were working there yep. in the kitchens with another legend of the industry, Paul Prudhomme. Yep who was executive chef at the time. Right. No, he was my first mentor and uh, what an incredible uh, opportunity to work with him. So he uh, he kept me straight. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and one of the reasons I kept coming back to New Orleans is because of Paul Prudhomme and his great restaurant. Yeah, Paul, yeah. you know, was, is a legend. And, I mean, what he did for, you know, not only here in Louisiana, but you know, we hosted a dinner at Commander's when it turned 100 years old, and it was in the maybe 1980. And it was all the fine dining restaurateurs around the country, and they were French restaurants, German restaurants, Italian restaurants. Menus written in whatever language with some English, and they were basically in downtown cities, you know, the fine dining restaurants. Yeah. And we hosted that year's annual banquet in New Orleans because we wanted to celebrate a restaurant being 100 years old. And our menu, everything was written in English. Every wine was an American wine. Uh, we said who the quail came from, what farmer, and that meal the next year started the American regional movement of regional cuisines in America. And we said, you know, I think it's because we were Irish immigrants running a French restaurant. My dad was never comfortable that I'm an American. I, I'm not a Frenchman and I'm running a French restaurant when it's really sourcing all these local products so you know so i mean we really uh you know and that was paul was the chef then and and it was all about trying to be an american restaurant and we come from this wonderful region and here try our foods our local foods i mean we don't want soul coming from the north sea right we did flounder you know so that was uh amazing you know to experience that and then after paul prudhomme there was emerald lagasse Yep. In the kitchen. Of course. Well. Emma was, Emma was when I was going to yeah. college and, you know, and then I guess about four or five years, he and I became very close. We traveled a lot. I ended up after college working in, in France and, and I ended up in Paris. And so he came and spent a month with me there and we just, you know, both blessed. I mean, my parents, my aunts, uncles were very much about wanting to support our education and giving us great exposure. So. So I have great memories uh, 
you know, having fun with Emerald, but also he and I got to do some incredible food things. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, yep. so it's not I'm surpri- a lucky guy. It's not surprising that you, you are a chef. I mean, I don't know how I'm, many people realize you are a trained chef. Well, I love not cooking. Not just the owner of restaurants. Yeah, you know, you know and, and there was a time where I, I had responsibilities of being a chef. But, yeah. you know, at this stage, um, I mean, I'm here to support all the men and women that, that run our kitchens. and. Right. Uh, but I love cooking, I always have, and I do it at home as much as I do it at a, probably more so than I'm doing in the workplace now. So. You don't need that stress in the workplace. It's uh, <laughs> it's a different, I enjoy them both. I miss the kitchen, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. it either, you either pulled in doing that, you know, because it's the way you are, which I love, mm-hmm. or you're not, but and, and miss speaking it, of, but it's okay. And speaking of supporting, you know, <clears throat> uh, the workers in your, in your restaurants, the hospitality industry, now that we're one year later from when we spoke, um, can you give us a little bit of an update on sort of the, the status of New Orleans culinary food drink scene? You know, a lot of it feels normal. Um, you know, I mean, on the big picture, I think our city's going through a transition like a lot of cities in America, you know, and it's people are divided and angry and, you know, you know, we've got a homeless crisis and, you know, and for me, we need to learn to come together. Because I think any of the issues we have need to be solved by everybody doing it together instead of separate. And I think New Orleans is ready to move down that road. So, I mean, the, you know, the restaurants are, we've all come back. You know, there's, God, every time I turn around, someone's talking about a new restaurant. I'm like, I didn't even hear about that one. So, I mean, you know, we're very active. Um, We still have a shortage of people in the hospitality industry and it's not New Orleans it's you know it's certainly national as well as around the world so uh, you know we're trying to figure out how we can attract more men and women to want to be in our industry you know and I like that because I think there are a lot of things that our culture in the in the industry wasn't as healthy as it could be and it's making us realize you know we really need to support and take care of mm-hmm. Certainly, our team, yep. but at the same time, we need to take care of each other. So, and there so, seem to be new bars opening too, along with restaurants. In New Orleans, in New Orleans. <laughs> you think? Oh yeah, maybe. Oh yeah, they're up. Which is man, we're the spirits capital of the world. It, the spirits capital of the world. Well, it I mean, shows that things are progress is being made, and the, the economy is starting to come back a little, bouncing back. You know, and so, it's about quality. Yeah. You know, and uh, oh, yeah. boy, I tell you, you know, we have some talented people that work with us, and. You know, our chefs, there used to be some stuff that go in our garbage cans. Now everything goes in Alexan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie over at the Steakhouse, I mean, Susie's fabulous. She's making all these shrubs and just, you know, use these ingredients, so the flavor drinks. And not only to go with the cocktails, but yeah. then it goes back to the kitchen. They're yeah. putting it in an ice cream yeah, or whatever. Great. So, right. great. Uh, so I love that part. You know, the food waste is a big opportunity for us. Yeah. And it's magic that we're creating instead of throwing it away. So, you know, a lot of good, exciting stuff going on all around spirits, food, you name it. So, well, amazing. It's, it's always great to speak with you and great to see you, Dickie Brennan. And, um, we're, we need to make this an annual tradition and already it is, I think an annual tradition that okay. we get to sit down and, and have a little chit chat. I love it. Our little, uh, it's, it's our own little and, well, thank you all for maybe, being in New Orleans. Maybe have Dickie for an entire episode. Look, thank you for being in New Orleans. Appreciate what y'all do. Always fun to be with. Thank you, Dickie. You're welcome.
We've got another amazing guest uh, that's joined us on our podcast today. We have Anna Mains with us Thank today. Thank you so much for having You're me. Welcome. The Monkey Shoulder brand ambassador. It's so great. You are... Um, uh, a, a legend, a whiskey legend in our industry, I would say. I don't, I'm not sure I've quite earned that yet, but, but well, I'm working towards young, it. You're working too towards it. You're much too young to be considered a legend. Much too young. But you're getting there. Of course. Getting there, getting yeah. there. Yeah. The whiskey keeps me young. But Anna, um, Anna, I think we go back quite a bit of years, quite a few years. I think maybe when you were, um, own, when you owned your bars in Oklahoma. It was, it was in Oklahoma yeah. City. I actually was just telling somebody on our way up here that I, 2000. 14, 13, yeah, sure. maybe. So yeah, it's almost 10 years that we go back. It seems like another yeah. lifetime. It was kind of another lifetime. I think it was, yeah. pretty much. But Oklahoma City still, I was in Oki at that time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a 70s bar before everybody had a 70s bar, but it was, yeah. We met, I think it was when we hosted the USBG regionals uh, yes. at that time. So that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> I got to show everybody around my city. Yeah. Well, as an interesting aside, my next door neighbor is from Oklahoma. Really? Yes. I went to University of Tulsa, um, which is how I ended up in, in Oklahoma. Born and raised in Dallas, but need, kind of needed a smaller smaller college to yeah. to concentrate and do things right. So ended up at University of Tulsa and then stayed in Oklahoma until twenty seven end of 2017, 2018, mm. when I moved back to Dallas. And you became a waitress in a restaurant in I Dallas, did. or more than one restaurant. I, di I did. That was actually so... Um, <laughs> You know, everybody goes to, you know, their freshman year of college, like 1999, 2000, yep. date myself. Yep. But, um, you know, and the one rule my parents had was don't, don't sign up. They're going to bombard you with these free credit card deals, Anna. Right. They're like, right. you are impulsive and you <laughs> love shopping. This is not like not a good idea. So that's the only like they were very like helpful and like they like support. I did, everything was like my books were paid for this. They're like don't get a credit card. You don't need one. Well, so of course the first day. Got I, a credit card. Oh, I think I got like five. Oh no. Anna. I know, I know. I, wow. you know, you're always like, it's like, don't touch the stove. It's hot. You have yeah. to touch, right. So because I was a very responsible adult at that time and you know, 17, 18, I then did that and then realized um, I made that mistake and didn't know how to, to pay the credit card bill. Oh. Um, so. A job. Uh, yeah. Um, a the next thing that yeah came yeah. up was I went to my parents. I said, so um, that thing you told me not to do, I did. Uh, now I have these bills. And they said, what? Well, looks like somebody's getting a summer job. Um, and my mom was actually in grad school at the time, getting her master's in social work. And one of the young men in her class was a manager at this Mexican restaurant in Dallas. And he was like, I need servers. Like, you know, send her in. And it was that like first night on the floor. I immediately like fell in love with it. It was this just like, I think I enjoyed being able like almost every table was like a different challenge and you kind yeah. of get to like do this quick read of like as you're walking the table, like what are the, who do these people, like what do they need me to be for them? Like it was just, I, I loved it. I think just the multitask, like the energy like in the service industry. So, you know, I my parents now, I blame them for making me get that service job as to why I now have made the bar my life career. Yeah, and you make really good money too. As a server, I, or can, yeah. can. Well, yes. oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. again, because of the impulsive spending, that was <laughs> a good thing. Right. I made good money, but yeah, yeah. I love. I, st I still some days I'm like, I loved bartending too, but I actually really loved waiting tables. I don't think too many people ever say that they like, like waiting tables. Yeah. I love waiting. I would go back and maybe dabble in that again. 
But you're an ambassador for this amazing Scotch whiskey. I am. And that came about, was that in 2020? It was. What a, the timing is impeccable um, there. Not only was it just 2020, but my start date was actually March 16th of 2020. Was so the, like, was that like that shut was like down. the day. That yeah. was the day that like everybody got the call that was like, world, world is closed. Yeah. So uh, an interesting time to start, especially with a role that mainly was going to be travel based and with a brand that for Monkey Shoulder, we were all about like bringing people together yeah. and like loud, big parties and getting like, you know, just so many spirits on art and the William Grant portfolio, once everything shut down, kind of lent themselves to like online tastings. Um, Monkey Shoulder was a little bit different because so much of it, it was, I think, the energy that makes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can drink cocktails online, but they're more fun in a bar with a group. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. 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 And Monkey Shoulder is just delicious. It's a stay side malt. It it's is. It's a blend it's, of three single malts from Space Side. It is. And, you know, I think one of the really yeah. special things that before I even worked for the brand made me fall in love with Monkey Shoulder, the now you see a scotch cocktail on almost every menu um back though monkey shoulder 2003 was when brian kinsman started working on developing it came out 2005 like you people were not putting scotch in cocktails um so i think that you you have that kind of innovative spirit and kind of breaking the rules in that way yeah but what's really special about this brand now people just realize that scotch is delicious in cocktails um brian kinsman who's our master blender had like the vision to say 2003 bourbon classic cocktails are all starting to become super popular. Um, Speyside whiskeys, since they are traditionally a little bit lighter in flavor, we're not we're not really great in like Manhattan's, Boulevardiers, old fashioned, just because the light, delicate flavor that kind of got yeah. lost with the bitters and sugar. Um, so he went to the Grant family and was like, you know, when I'm tasting the barrels as I'm you know pulling them and blending them for the Glenfiddich, I I, I have a lot like they're ex bourbon barrels. A lot of our whiskeys are aged in. Um, I, what if I purposely pick barrels? that we could make a scotch whiskey that could kind of play like a bourbon. Um, and so intentionally created to make cocktails. Yeah. Uh, and every bottle says batch 27 along the top. Um, that will always say batch 27 because that is that batch of 27 barrels that he blended from our Speyside distilleries. So, you know, he's blending this to play. Speyside whiskeys are a little bit lighter. So he says, I'm gonna make this to play like, play like a bourbon. Um, but he also, when we see this batch 27, as he was creating Monkey Shoulder, he had some of London's top bartenders at the time. As he was testing and blending the different blends and the different amount of barrels, they would make an old fashioned, a Boulevardier, mm. a Manhattan, and batch 27, those blends of those barrels, they were all like, you nailed it. Yeah. Like, this is the best damn old fashioned I've had. It makes amazing Manhattan. So I think that just, there's not many whiskeys that can say like, from the beginning, at its heart, made to make cocktails, yeah. um, and truly be kind of like a workhorse for a bartender behind the bar. Speaking of a bartender behind the bar, um, Star. Star. Hey, Star. Hey, Star. <laughs> um, let's, can we make a monkey shoulder cocktail? Oh, thank you, Star. Thank, thank you, Star. You. There you go, that's for you. Thank oh my you, gosh. Yeah, it's, well, it's for all of us, because we have a little taste. three separate Look at these. straws. Oh so gosh. go, please, go thank right you. ahead, Anna. That's delicious. I mean, it's light, it's refreshing. I think that for me, that's also something mm. that, I feel like people don't think about light, Ooh. refreshing drinks when they think whiskey. Yeah. But you know. And you should. It's perfect. It's light, but this is a, this is produced in such a way that it's quite rich in the middle of the mouth yep. and the finish, much more so than I would expect. And, I th and again, when we talk about like that intentionality, so when he was choosing these three barrels, 
you know, you have that the first set of barrels that he's picking, it's going to be like looking for our classic William Grant space side, those light like floral notes that you you've grown that people love in their space side whiskeys. Yeah. Then the second group of barrels that he's looking to bring in is where he wants to like bump up that mouthfeel, heavier oak, heavier vanilla, mm-hmm. um, kind of rounding out that instead of so it's just more more of the base notes, I'd say. Um, and then that third set of barrels, he's looking kind of to like that heavier, like Mars pin, the caramel. And so again, very similar to bourbon notes is also yeah. what he was, you know, hitting on there. But I think he nails it in that you get just, just this really nice full, like full mouth flavor. It doesn't, I, I think it's also like a gateway whiskey. Mm. If you love whiskey, you can mm-hmm. enjoy it yep. and appreciate it. But it's also something that like, if somebody's not a big whiskey fan, um, I don't think it's gonna like offend you. But it's great for people who want to get in, introduced to single yes. malt Scotch whiskey. It really it's is so palatable. And that's something too. I think you know, in America, most people don't. It says blended malt on the front of the but front it's of the bottle. Single and it's, it's not just malt. yes. Single so if malt, you look at like Johnny Walker, where it says yeah. you know, in other brands like Doors, it says blended Scotch. Right, right. And that means it's got you know your malts grain, and a grain. grain. And so this is just a blend of three single malts. Yeah. Um, three incredible single malts from, you know, a family that does some of the best Scotch whiskey in, in, in the world. And I think that that's always like been at an affordable price. I have people that like, you know, drink some of our like, you know, more expensive like Balvenies. And yeah. they always tell me they're like, no, Monkey's like my everyday whiskey. Yeah. It's my go-to. It's like refreshing. It's sip like just, it's, it's a crushable whiskey. It's crushable. It's crushable. Right. I, I think we should end on the crushable note. We should. It well, also we pairs well. No. Question. Wait a minute. Our, no, our executive no, producer, Carrie, has an important question. question. What's the question? Oh, yes. That is the most important. So, okay. although we are a brand that kind of likes to go against all things tradition and against the grain, um, we know it's important to, I think, respect and like remember where you came from. Monkey Shoulder was an injury that long time ago, thankfully not an injury anymore due to better working you know, conditions and modern technology. But you would be able to tell the maltmen in every like, city in Scotland because right. they would develop this injury called monkey shoulder oh, from turning to the grain. They'd have to like, you know, to malt the grain, uh, you have to dry yeah. it. Sure. And so you would be able to tell the maltman would have one shoulder that would kind of droop a little bit. And it was called monkey shoulder. Huh. So this is our way of kind of honoring like the men that literally built Scotch whiskey like on their on on their shoulders. So Well, I must say, Anna, I couldn't help but notice your shoulder. Oh, yep. Oh, right here on this side. We gotta get a. This there we go. We can get a close up on to that. my heart. This is a hot dog. A, a hot, hot dog. dog baseball player. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Hot dog. Hot no, those dog are those are like Mickey Mouse hands. Like, oh, they're Mickey Mouse. They, yeah, they they're like, like mitt baseball hands. mitts. Yeah, they do kind of. Yeah. So, um, so this is near and dear to my heart because I do TikTok hot dog and champagne videos. <laughs> this is the favorite thing. My favorite thing I've learned this week, yeah. honestly. Oh my gosh. Um, right. I am also, I, I love hot dogs. Great. Um, well, we're getting together. Yeah, we're going to have to go have hot yeah. dogs and champagne. Absolutely. I don't have That's the hot dog tattoo because I don't like hot dogs. So. It's a date. It's a date. Let's do this. Great. This you is know amazing. What else? We, can, we can have some monkey shoulders great with hot dogs. Um, yeah. And do you have do you have TikTok? Do you do TikTok? Do you do that? I I don't TikTok. Oh, okay. um, but you do Insta. I, I do Instagram. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like TikTok is all the rage these days but I still feel like I can only handle like one platform at a time. Yeah, I, yeah, I hear you. You know, okay, I'd, well, I'd get too lost in, I'd, and I'm not gonna be able to compete with his TikTok hot dog video. I mean, I, ha- I have it. So I do have a TikTok account. But you're not, you don't do it. Yep. Beautiful, okay. Adam Ains, thank you so much. Thank you all so much for having <laughs> me and thank you Star for the delicious Thank cocktail. you Star for yeah. all of our cocktails. Yeah.
That does it for today's show. If you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also support the show with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Just click on the donate button at the top of our website and choose your donation amount. To learn more about our guests, visit www.thecocktailgurupodcast.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. The Cocktail Guru Podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and distributed by Eats Drinks TV, a service of the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 